Hey guys, here to do a new podcast, uh, and this is just going to be the intro for this to tell, just let you know what I'm planning for this. Um, There's going to be two very separate things that I'm going to be doing together, just because I'm in the mindset to talk about both of these things. So I'm separating this in sections so that you can skip past this first part if you're not interested, or you can just listen to this first part if you're not interested to the second thing. But um, basically the first part of this is going to be tackling the question, is COVID-19 and everything we're dealing with with the pandemic killing movie theaters? And then the second half is going to be talking about my top 10 favorite video games. But getting into video games a lot recently, a lot more than I have in recent years. Um, you know, I think the last that I've been playing video games as much as I have was when I was a teenager. And then for a handful of years, I just, for whatever reason, just didn't play as much. And now I kind of like to put a list out and talk about, um, yeah, my top 10 favorite games. So now that you know what to expect, let's jump into the first topic. Is this pandemic and is COVID killing movie theaters? So, you know, what what, what brought this um, what brought the subject on was, you know, I was watching, you know, about, I don't know, 30... 30 minutes ago, maybe a little bit less, I was watching uh, one of the YouTubers I like to watch. And um, it's a, you know, a live show and they're taking questions from people. And somebody made a comment um, in one of the super chats that they sent and basically saying how they thought it was sad that this whole pandemic and that COVID was essentially very slowly killing movie theaters. And I just want to put my two cents out about this. Um, Being that, you know, my podcast is mainly for the most part all about movies and TV shows and entertainment. You know, that's what I like to talk about. I mean, as I always say, you know, I like to talk about a variety of different things. So I'm not going to just say that my podcast is an entertainment podcast per se, but I try to keep it that um, for the most part. because that's that's my one true love you know movies and and film that is that is where my heart really really lies so um that's what i like to talk about um but you know i thought it was i thought it was an interesting thing to talk about and i thought i would just like i said you know i thought i'd just share my opinion um it has been the last movie i saw in the theater was uh, the Invisible Man, I believe. I believe that was the last movie I saw in the theater before everything closed down. If it wasn't that, it was Frozen 2. Maybe. I'm trying to remember for sure. But I know those were like the last two movies I saw in the theater. Maybe it was a Frozen 2. No, it was. It was a Frozen 2. It was Onward. Frozen 2 was last year. That's what it was. I knew it was a Disney animated movie. It was Onward. It was either Onward or Invisible Man, but I can't remember which one. But those were the last two movies that I saw in the theater. It's been a while. You know, and I was somebody that was fortunate enough to go and see movies at least two or three times a month, you know. 
Um, and I've missed it. You know, I have. You know, I've I've, I've missed being able to go to the movie theaters because that's like my favorite experience. I mean, I love going and get me a big ice cold, you know, Barks root beer or grabbing a Coke Icy, you know, maybe some candy, some popcorn and heading into the theater, sitting down and, and enjoying that experience. You know, there is nothing like that for me, you know? Um, so the fact that we have been, you know, apart from that for a long time is sad and, and I miss it. And, you know, I've been debating with myself whether or not, you know, if I was going to go see Tenet when it came out, you know, but then of course news just came out today that they're pushing back Tenet to the end of August. So finally Warner Brothers and hopefully Christopher Nolan, but definitely Warner Brothers hopefully is being smart about this and hopefully they, they just end up pushing it back to the fall. That's where they had it initially. That's what they pushed it all the way back. And I don't know why they came back off of that. I think that was the right move because honestly, as a fan of film, especially with the things that are going on now, you know, it seems like things keep fluctuating, but ultimately I feel like things are getting bad again. And honestly, as a movie goer, I just don't feel comfortable with going to the movie theaters again. And as I've stated multiple times in my podcast, Christopher Nolan is my favorite director, but not even a Nolan film is going to get me into the theaters right now. You couldn't get me to go for Nolan. You couldn't get me to go for Star Wars. Those are the, And those are the two things that would pull me into the theater. So if you're not going to pull me with that, you're not going to pull me in with anything else. It's just not worth it. It's not worth to risk my health. It's not worth risking other people's health. You know, and that's not me saying that I don't want to go. But to tackle this question, is COVID killing the movie theater experience? And I ultimately think that my answer to that question is no. I don't think that this whole pandemic is killing movie theaters. What I think it is doing is I think it's finally forcing the movie industry from top to bottom, from the studios to the place where we as the public go watch the movies. It's forcing the entire system to reevaluate and change how the system works. You know, I mean, for years, you've heard tons of people on YouTube talk about it. I've talked about it. We don't need to be spending you know, $150 million to $300 million on movies to make them. You know, when you see movies like The Invisible Man coming out, you know, when you when you see movies like, I, I'd even say Son of the Hedgehog. I know Son of the Hedgehog isn't like the greatest movie in the world, but when you look at the kind of budgets that these movies have, like, we need to start narrowing down these budget. I mean, look what Denis Villeneuve was able to do with Arrival. You know, look what Nolan is able to do with some of his movies that are are smaller budgeted. Look at The Prestige. Look at, um, you know, even Dunkirk. Yeah, it has a little bit of a big budget, but not nearly as much as these like Marvel movies and DC movies and all of these other like high tinpole movies that are coming out. We don't need to be spending the kind of money on these movies that studios think we do. So if you lower the budget on these movies and you you 
you are smart about your money, you know, and, you know, it doesn't take as much for, for theaters to be able to handle these movies. Studios are going to get a much bigger, you know, money return, investment return when we as the audience come and see the movies. Movie theaters are going to be able to make more money themselves, which are going to keep them in business better. But but do I think COVID has anything to do with this? Yeah, I think it might force their hand, but I don't think it's COVID that's going to kill it. Because here's the other thing that, that a lot of people aren't talking about as much as they should. Let's let's look at it from the opposite point of view. All right. Let's say the answer to the question is yes, that COVID is killing the movie theater, you know, the movie theater system. Well, honestly, COVID might be the thing that's putting the final nail in the coffin, but the movie theater system was already dying. You know, not nearly as many people are going to the theaters, you know, all together. Yes, when big tinpole movies come out, like an MCU movie or, you know, something like that. Yes, you get, you know, like a Star Wars movie. You get a bunch of people rushing to the movie theater to go see it. But all in all, you know, 12 months out of the year, you know, if it's not something like, you know, like Pixar or Star Wars or MCU, or something like that, people have been going to the theaters less and less. Um, It's just fact. It's happening. So we're talking about an industry and a system that is already on the decline. But it's still hanging on for dear life. So did COVID kill it? Is COVID adding to the death? Maybe... But we're also talking about a system that was already in the process of dying anyway. So that's why I really feel like, no, I don't think COVID is really killing it. You know, I don't think, I don't, I think it's, I think it's adding to the death. But, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, if I'm in the hospital with a type of cancer and I'm dying from cancer and then I get COVID, it's not COVID that killed me. It's COVID that pushed me over the edge, right? I was already dying from cancer. It would have it would have been X amount of time. I would have died anyways. It's just COVID was the final thing that, you know, that did it. And so when it comes to the movie theater industry, I think it's ridiculous to say that COVID is the thing that is killing the movie industry. The movie industry is killing the movie industry. You know? And until people in the industry are less money hungry and start thinking more smart about the future then i i think i think we we might see the death of things it's possible you know but i also think that they're greedy enough to realize the the things that i'm saying and i think they're greedy enough to realize that you know what maybe we don't have to die maybe we just have to move things around a little Maybe we just have to change things a bit. Maybe there's a way we can keep this alive. And it's going to take both sides and everyone from top to bottom taking a pay cut. 
and not making as much as we used to for now so that hopefully things can go back to normal in the future you know um so that's sort of how i see things if that makes any sense i don't i don't have i don't believe that covid is the thing that is killing movie theaters movie theaters were already dying people were going less and less and now this is just sort of speeding the process along you know i mean you know mo- a lot of the people that i am friends with already have become the types that are like oh, i'll just wait to watch it when it comes on blu-ray it's cheaper i can just rent it if i like it then i'll buy it but i don't need to go to the movie theater to see to see this you know pole movies yes star wars mcu things like that those are the things that are getting people out of their seat but normal indie run-of-the-mill movies whatever you want to call them your general movies people just haven't been going to the movies to see them and that's been happening for a while um so we'll have to see we'll have to see i do think within my lifetime we'll see a major change in the movie movie theater system will it die i guess it depends on what happens but i think right now we're in an okay spot and i do mean okay um, it could get worse if people don't smartening up. But I think there is a way to salvage everything um, if people are willing to do what's necessary. So we'll just have to see. So that's where I'm going to leave it with this conversation. And let's move on to my top 10 favorite video games of all time. Okay, guys, so here to the fun part where I'm going to be talking about my top 10 favorite video games of all time. These are just my absolute favorite. These are the ones that I go to to play. These are ones that I have fond memories of. uh, All of that. I'll talk about each of them as we go along. This might be a little bit long, but um, just hang in there with me if you're curious. So I'm going to start at 10 and go down to 1, obviously keep it a surprise um so here we go with nothing further ado at number 10 i have ultimate chicken horse so this is a relatively newer game but it's absolutely a blast i I play it on the pc with my friends i believe it might be cross play where you can play it with xbox users as well but um but one of my friends introduced me to this game and it's absolute blast it's basically there's a bunch of these little cartoon characters you pick you pick traps you have a start point and a finish point and the goal is to make the make the course where you can make it to the finish line but but well okay to make it where you use traps to make it where it's hard, hard where your friends can't make it to the finish line, but not so hard that you can't, you know, and there's like six or seven rounds and the person who has the most points by the end of the game, like you get points for making it to the end. But if somebody else gets killed by using, you know, by uh, getting trapped in one of your traps, um, one of the things you can add in each round is a coin. And so if you pick up the coin and get it to the end, 
you get points. If you're the only one that makes it to the end, you get points. Um, if you make it there first, you get points. The only time you don't get points is if everyone makes it. Then the game's like, it's too easy, try again. Um, but it's a blast, you know. Um, so I highly recommend it. Um, I had to go on the list because I just absolutely have a blast playing with it because at some point or another, it ends up just becoming a game of everyone just trying to fuck everybody else over. Um, and it's it's a blast. Um, so that is my number 10. And number 9, I have to go with kind of a classic, but it's the newest one in this series, and it's Mario Kart 8. I have this for the Switch. And it just brings back so many memories, especially all of the all of the different um, courses. My favorite will always be Baby Park because I have very fond memories of playing Baby Park on Double Dash on the GameCube. Me and my me and my best friend at the time we just hammed it out on that all the time. Um, and so I love it, just being able to play as these characters, play this racing game. It's so much fun. I think it's like. If not the best party game, it is one of the best party games. I mean, you can't ever go wrong with Mario Kart. I mean, come on. It's the best. It's the best racing game. Um, so that is at number nine. There's really nothing I need to say. If you've played Mario Kart, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's absolutely a blast. Um, which may, brings me to number eight, which is Halo 2. Now... I've played some of Halo 3, but I have not played all of Halo 3, and I haven't played any of the Halo games since then. So, Halo 2 is probably my favorite first-person shooter. Um, you know, I really enjoy Modern Warfare War, uh, Modern Warfare 2, the you know the original, like you know the original one. But. Um, but as much as I love the Call of Duty games, I just don't have the nostalgic love that I do for it as I do for Halo. I play as a boxer on Halo, so I have the person that will come and I'll hit you and I'll take your shield down and then I will assault you, assault rifle you to death. That is my play. I have no problem putting it out there. So if you ever see me out in the wilds playing, um, that is what I do when I play Halo. Um, I absolutely love it. I remember when Xbox Live was, you know, first a thing on the original Xbox, and you know we'd pay each month for it, and um, I'd go on and I'd just have a blast. My my uh, my name back then was Skeleton Bus, um, and I loved it. Um, and yeah, you know, um, I just had a blast. It was so fun coming up to people and and boxing them and taking them out and hearing them just how pissed they were. Um, that the fact that I was boxing and not, um, not just using, you know, my guns and grenades and everything. Um, every once in a while I would tag somebody with a grenade, you know, um, and of course sometimes I did just play normally and I would just take people out with guns and whatnot. But by, by and large, my, my play was if I could, um, that's the way I did. It also depended on the map. Obviously, you know, there was a large variety of maps. Um, if we, if I was playing on Blood Gulch or another, I forget the name of the other map, but it's the other one 
where you're like outside and there's a couple bases on the map but it's not it's not blood gulch because that one was like you know the bases are super far apart it's the other one i forget the name of it but i would also snipe you know there were a couple places where i would hide and snipe and and it was, it, Halo was really the only game that I, I ever tried to be a sniper. Um, I was mediocre at it. I definitely got my fair shots off, but most of the time I kind of sucked at it. I definitely, when it comes to Halo, liked being one of the players that were that was in in the heat of it and, and playing against papers. Because even if I got my ass handed to me, it was just so much fun to play with other players. Um, I mean, you know, I made a lot of you know, online friends playing Halo, you know, back in the day. Uh, it was just fun. It was just a fun game. And so that is probably definitely this this game had to be on, on my list because I, I played it so much. And also the story is really good. I think this like the story mode of Halo 2, uh, while very similar to the gameplay in the first game, I really love the story and the play. I thought it was really cool that you got to play as um as you know the covenant um at certain parts of the game and everything i thought it was just a really interesting um storyline and so i ended up so that's halo 2 um number seven heavy rain so i had heard about this game for years and it was a while before i actually got a ps3 of my own just because money and finances and you know fun stuff like that real world stuff um, but I finally was able to get a PlayStation 3. And one of the first games I had to get was Heavy Rain. Um, you know, one thing that you'll hear me say over and over again probably in this, and you've probably heard me say multiple times in other podcasts and videos that I've done, um, when it comes to video games for me, it's all about gameplay and story for me. And I know that sounds duh, but like, you know, it depends on what the game is. It depends on what the game is going for, but I have to be pulled into something, you know, like it's, it, there has to be some kind of element and I'll get, and I'll get to that and explain it more when I get to my number one on this list, but heavy rain for me, it, it fit the bill on the side of story you know it was like a playable movie man and i ate it up i got so attached to these characters and the story the fact that there's multiple endings to the game you know um i i i really hope to be able to get a playstation 4 or 5 one day and be able to get the, the remastered version of the game because i bet it's gorgeous and beautiful because the game itself is is such a is so much fun to play um, it's a sober game. Like it's, it's fun to play, but it's not fun to play because it's fun. Like Halo, it's, 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 it's somber. It's sad. It's, it's drama. Like I said, you know, it's a movie. It's, it's, it's a playable movie. Um, and I love it to death and, um, it had to, it had to be on this list because I just, I ate the story up. I'm not going to give any story details away, but if you're somebody like me that really, loves a good story and you want to be pulled into characters i highly recommend playing heavy rain highly highly recommend it it's one of those games where i would tell anyone 
it's one of those games you have to play at least once before you die. You don't have to play and get all the different endings and, and everything. You don't have to play it like multiple times, but you gotta play it at least once before you die because you're missing out on an incredible experience, especially if you understand the time period in games when Heavy Rain came out. It really was one of those revolutionary games. And the studio that makes Heavy Rain went on to do Beyond Two Souls and Detroit Become Human. And their games are just so cinematic and so gorgeous and beautiful and and both in the way they look and also in the messages and their storytelling. And um, even though Beyond Two Souls is the one that, that lacks, it's still a fun experience to play. It's not nearly as well-rounded as Heavy Rain or Detroit is. Um, but Heavy Rain has to be on this list because it's one of the pillars for me and what really made me enjoy video games. So that's why it's on the list. Number six, Slime Rancher. All right. So if you need a chill game to play and you love farming games and you love cutesy games, and I actually have two cutesy games back to back at six and five, and I'm sure some of you will probably know what will be at, at five. But at number six, I had to put Slime Rancher because these little slime fuckers are so adorable and cute. Basically, you start out with a ranch and all you have is pink slimes. It's the, the general slime in the game. And as you go on, you unlock more corrals. Your job is basically to catch slimes and put them in the farm. And basically, the slimes poop out plorts. That's what they're called. They're called plorts. It's basically like slime poop. And you collect these plorts, you put it into the bank, and that's what the currency in the game is. And so, you know, each day, you know, it's sort of like um, the market. Sometimes the market is good on some, some slimes, and sometimes it's better on others, you know? Um, so, you know, there's like pink slimes, there's rock slimes, there's um, tabby slimes, which they look like cats. You know, there's um, gold slimes, honey slimes. There's all these different slimes. And what's cool, too, is you can actually, like, basically, like, breed slime. So, like, say I have a plort from a rock slime and I have a pink slime. If I put a rock slime plort near um, the pink slime, it'll eat the plort and then it'll become a pink rock slime. And then, like, you know, if you're like, man... Because here's the other thing about the slimes, is they all eat different things. Like some of them eat vegetables, some of them eat fruit, some of them eat meat. So like they all take different things. So let's say, you know, at first it's okay. So the tabbies eat, so the tabbies eat meat. All they eat is chickens. That's the meat in the game. So, you know, if you're like, man, I really want a tabby, but I really don't want to have to constantly feed it meat. Well, you can mix it with another slime, like you know, a rock slime if you want to feed it um, vegetables. And then you have a rock tabby and you can just feed it what you would feed a rock. And so there's different things like that. And as you go, you unlock more parts of your farm. You can do more things and they're constantly adding new things to the game. I haven't played it in, in several months now, admittedly, but it's still absolutely one of my favorite games. It's one of those games you put on when you just want to chill and just relax. I just have a peaceful game session. Highly recommend. Highly, highly recommend if you need to switch things up for a change. Which 
brings us to our top five. So re to recap the bottom five, just once, at number 10, we have Ultimate Chicken Horse at nine, Mar Mario Kart 8. And number eight, we have Halo 2. At seven, we have Heavy Rain. And six, Slime Rancher. So here's my top five. Number five, yes indeed, Animal Crossing. I didn't think I would fall in love with this game as much as I did, as quickly as I did, but I did. It's fucking adorable. A lot like Slime Rancher. It's one of those games that you, you could just do whatever in the game, you know? You can go to different islands, you know? You can use your nook, nook tickets to go and harvest things. You can talk to your villagers. You can, you know... Um, fix up your, your island how you want it. You know, you can buy little cute things for your house. You can expand your house. You know, there's just so many different things. It's a, absolutely adorable. You just completely get lost in this world and playing the game. And honestly, if you have a Nintendo Switch, I can't recommend it enough. It's well worth it. I play it on the light. It's great. Um, I love it. It's like, it. it's, it's in my top five, okay? Um, which is saying a lot considering the other games and what these other games and the top four mean to me. For me, as a casual gamer, because that's what I am, I'm not a huge gamer, but I am a casual one. As a casual gamer, it actually means quite a bit that this game, like, made it to my top five. Like, I can't wait to see what happens next in the Animal Crossing universe. And I haven't even beat Animal Crossing yet, like... You know, I haven't gotten to the end part of the game yet. I am, I don't even think I'm midway yet. Um, so I've, I've pretty much fallen head over heels over this game. And that's all I need to say about that. We all know Animal Crossing is amazing. Um, okay, so the next two, four and three, I'm not going to lie. I went back and forth for a long time. I went, what to put at three, what to put at four. Because... Both of these games mean completely different things to me. One of them is more personal to me. One of them is more, you know, just, it's a fun game. So, this is what I decided on, I think. And, and even now looking at it, I'm even still debating with myself. But I'm going to be honest, I'm going to go by what I have on the list. Because, you know, when I put this down, I probably knew what I was thinking. So I'm going to I'm gonna trust myself, because I'm the one who made it. Number four, I have Life is Strange 2. Now, I've talked about this game before on the podcast, I believe. And I'm going to talk about it again now. Similar to what I said about Heavy Rain, Life is Strange 2 is one of those games that you have to play before you die. Yeah, the graphics might not be the best, you know, um, but the acting and the story is one of the best video games that I've ever played. When it comes to story, this game is probably number two for me um, on the list. You know, if we're not talking about just an overall list like this, you know, if we're talking about like story based games, this would have to be number two for me, you know. Um, I have never cried or been emotionally attached to characters ever in the way that I have with, with this. 
Um, and I have a game in my number two slot that I love for the same reasons. And the only reason I have it at number two is for nostalgic reasons and for other reasons too, but we'll get there. We'll get there. But Life is Strange 2 is great. If you don't know anything about it, it's about these two um, Hispanic brothers who are caught in a horrible situation where their father was killed and they're on the run from the police. And just as previous Life is Strange games, it's not... There is a level of heightened reality. In this case, it deals with superpowers. Um, the younger brother has a superpower. Not going to say what it is. Um, but basically, the, the game is all about choices. It's a choice-based game. And unlike a lot of other choice-based games, like you've probably, a lot of you have probably heard of Tall Tale Games, which is another studio that I loved. I love the Walking Dead games, um, and I love The Wolf Among Us. I love Game of Thrones. But you know, at a certain point in Tall Tale Games, though, as good as the stories were, and as much as you could tell that they were trying to make it a choice-based game, you get to a certain point in all of the games where it's very clear. They want to go a certain way with the game. And this is just the way the game is going to play out. So you sort of kind of get to choose how things happen. But basically not. You know? And it was always very apparent. The thing I love about Don't Nod and their studio. And I've played two out of the three Life is Strange games. I got Life is Strange Before the Storm for my birthday. But I haven't played it yet. Because I've been busy playing Animal Crossing. And another game on the list and and now that kingdom hearts is on xbox i've been playing birth by sleep so so i need to play it to see what i think about it but since i own it i'm not in really any rush um but the thing about that i love about what don't nod is doing with their life is strange series and these games is the choices absolutely do matter from the first episode all the way to the last episode there's a complete through line. And what I love about Life is Strange 2 is it's all about you play as the older brother. And and there are four different endings to this game. And, you know, how you choose to raise your brother will depend on the ending you get. You know? Um, and it's great. And, you know, um, you know, I really did feel like I was like the older brother in this game. You know, you begin to love your younger brother so much. And and you do get to point in the series. And it's funny because I've watched several YouTubers play through Life is Strange 2 on YouTube as well. You know, so you know the game's got to be good. If not only I play it multiple times myself, but then I'm watching other fuckers play it. You know, just because I want to see the reaction. But at some point during playing the game, everybody ends up calling the brothers my boys it's like oh it's my boys it's like oh i just love them so much it's like it's just it's just true it's like you love these brothers so much and their relationship and the story is so good i could talk about this game for hours but i will save you from that so we're gonna move on to number three 